Well, hello and welcome back into the Will and Rob show. Uh, this episode is being released on Thanksgiving. So first and foremost, what we want to say is happy Thanksgiving to you and your family and friends, wherever and whoever you're celebrating this really unique holiday with. And that's what we want to talk about actually today. But my name is Will Stockton. I'm a ministry associate here uh, with Ministry to State, here as always with my very good friend and colleague, Robert Hassler. And also joined with a guest, a colleague, very good friend, coworker, ministry associate, Adam Smith, who is coming in uh, to join us in a conversation that we just want to have about Thanksgiving. Um, We have been working and writing on some devotionals for the ministry to send them out to our subscribers. And um, what we want to do is just talk about what we've been thinking about, what we've been thinking about Thanksgiving, and then tie it a little bit to our historical, cultural, political moment here. Uh, before we get going, I want to kick it over to Robert. Robert, how have you been? How are your Thanksgiving prep uh, plans? Yeah. How, how are your, how is Thanksgiving preparation going? Oh, well, first off, let me just say, this is like super fun to have the whole gang here. Adam, it's good to have you on the show, dude. Yeah. It's good to be here guys. Um, yeah. Thanksgiving prep in the Hassler family household. Um, we're not going anywhere this year. Usually we, we travel. Um, to see family, but this year we are staying put because I'm preaching on Sunday. Uh, and so, you know, that the there's two unofficial church calendar days uh, that people don't recognize that they're intern Sundays. They're the Sunday after Thanksgiving and the Sunday after Christmas. So I'm preaching one of those. Will, I think you have a, I think you have one. This year the too. same church. I'm preaching at Porter's church uh, on the Sunday after New Year's. Do you, you not count New Year's as an intern day as well? Oh, I don't know. I always think about it as just the Sunday after Christmas. Adam, do you have thoughts on this? Yeah, I always think it's the Sunday after Christmas. Is That's the day every pastor's taking off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm preaching. I'm preaching. Uh, and so getting everything ready for that. And then um, um, we're just going to hang out uh, at home. Uh, enjoy Thanksgiving with the, the new now four person Hassler family household. Um, Thanksgiving is also a special time because uh, Kirsten's birthday uh, is right after Thanksgiving. And so we get to be very thankful uh, for her and her blessing into this family. So um, I'm excited uh, to do that as well. But yeah, knowing Kirsten, be... knowing Kirsten is probably going to make it all about herself. Um, I know, right? It's classic Kirsten move. Oh, we knew it. Um, she will cook an amazing meal. I know that. And I'm always very excited uh, for that. And then. I get to watch my beloved Dallas Cowboys lose a Thanksgiving game, uh, most likely. So a tradition like no other. Well, the Cowboys are doing really hot this year. What are you saying? Well, we also just blew a horrible game to the Chiefs last night. So we don't look that great. Okay. Um, so not very hopeful. Okay. I gave uh, away. That's not... what Thanksgivings are for, right? Yeah. <laughs> Direct your gaze towards something else to be thankful for, not <laughs> football. Adam, how about you? How's this Thanksgiving week? You, we, you, you just got back from St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, we just were home to see family. So, uh, this week we're, we're staying in town. We're going to have some friends over. So it'll be interesting to see how Thanksgiving works in a one bedroom apartment. Um, but I, I'm sure it'll be great. You guys have a great, you, you and Amy have a great apartment and the great, pretty large living room open space. I feel like it's pretty conducive for hosting. Yeah, and I guess we just found out too that one amenity 
one of many amenities offered at the Kennedy Warren is they will give you like a big round table if you're hosting like a dinner event. So we might do that. We'll see. Okay. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's really awesome. So I am, uh, I'm flying out tomorrow evening to be home. I was planning on spending Thanksgiving here in DC, but I found out from my mom that uh, the entirety of my, my mom's side of the family is going to be in Fort Worth at my aunt's house for Thanksgiving celebration. Everybody on my mom's side uh, who's living, uh, my grandfather passed a few years ago, except for my brother, who uh, I didn't mention this when we had Porter on, but my, my brother recently enlisted in the army uh, and is uh, starting basic training. And um, so he's not going to be there. And so I decided somewhat last minute to go home. So I'm going to be home with family and really looking forward to it. But as we, uh, as we shift um, from this and as we shift from our plans of buying $50 turkeys and uh, other expensive Thanksgiving food, uh, we wanted to talk about this, the actual Christian theological understanding of Thanksgiving. And so I wanted to kick it over to you, Adam, first, because you wrote a devotional on giving thanks, um, well, last week on Tuesday. And so I wanted just to, to ask you to kind of walk through what you were thinking and what, what you, what you learned and gleaned from that, uh, that writing project. Yeah. Um, so really the last two devotionals that I've written have kind of been around the topic of, uh, grief and suffering. Um, and last week's devotional was kind of answering the question, uh, why should we be thankful uh, in the midst of suffering? And that was really intentional because I found over the years serving in ministry, um, especially within church communities, that often the holidays present unique challenges for people. Uh, they bring up emotions and painful memories, especially if the year itself has been particularly a difficult one. And so uh, those two devotionals are really just trying to equip us for those moments when they come uh, because they will come, <laughs> you know, maybe not this year, maybe not next, but uh, at some time uh, they are going to come. And so uh, I think how we deal with those emotions, uh, you know, as you sit around the table and ask, uh, what are you thankful for? You might be left with uh, a sense of emptiness or um, especially if you've lost someone or, perhaps had a miscarriage. Um, those are things that I've walked with people through during the holidays. And so um, it's interesting to get into uh, just biblical texts around uh, that topic, because uh, last week's text, there is a command to be thankful in all circumstances. And so how do we be thankful uh, in the midst of difficult circumstances? Um, and I think that's, that's an especially important thing to me to consider for people who are going through hard times during the season. And I think the answer is ultimately um, that we, we have a, a source of unending hope in God that we can be thankful in all circumstances. We're not thankful for the circumstances in themselves, but despite the circumstances, uh, the hope that we have in the gospel. And that's just the posture. It seems that the Bible is, is calling us to, and giving thanks in all circumstances. Before we started recording, uh, we were just talking a little bit amongst ourselves. And one of the things you mentioned that you enjoyed was uh, talking to non-believers about Thanksgiving. 
and this unique way that Thanksgiving is both a um, it, it's it's a unique holiday in American tradition in American culture because it is it is a national holiday. We get off from the national government, federal government, but we we also uh, it's it's a religious holiday. It is undeniably religious holiday. Um, that even if you don't want to say that Thanksgiving was always rooted to the, the pilgrims and you want to, like Robert was telling me about other Thanksgiving proclamations that were given uh, before it became a holiday, Thanksgiving acknowledges something beyond ourselves. And you were talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, obviously Thanksgiving is not um, a Christian holiday in the sense of it's on every church calendar. Uh, or has traditionally been on the church calendar. So it, it can kind of be seen as a secular or national holiday, but it definitely has this sort of religious uh, undertone uh, in it uh, because, you know, as we do, it is sort of the one holiday that asks us to do introspection. Like, what are you thankful for in life? Uh, what are you thankful for this past year? And I think as we ask those questions, it, it makes you... Um, it, it makes you ask uh, some, some deeply personal and intellectual questions in a sense of um, what am I really thankful for? Am I just thankful for um, stuff? Am I thankful for experiences? Uh, and I think as people wrestle with those questions, it, it really gets to what's the meaning of life kind of questions, which is just an interesting thing to see people uh, go through uh, around Thanksgiving. Yeah. I love that. Uh, Robert, you also have been working on a devotional and we don't want to give away the surprise, the buildup for what the devotional is going to be, but tomorrow as we record Tuesday, you're going to release it. So what have you been sifting through? Yeah. I mean, um, I really built off Adam's excellent work from last week about Thanksgiving because he hit on so many important themes um, that I've been thinking about as well. And then um, I kind of wanted to take the next step, which is, um, you know, there, there's Thanksgiving and then there's contentment. And so, you know, if Thanksgiving is the acknowledgement that everything we've been given are in fact gifts um, from God, we then have to wrestle with the fact that some, we don't all get the same gifts. Um, my Thanksgiving will look lavish to others and yet it will pale, uh, my Thanksgiving will pale in comparison to Bill Gates or Warren Buffett. Um, we don't all have the same material gifts. Uh, uh, I will sit down around the, the Thanksgiving table with people who have jobs that they absolutely love, you know, with others who don't really like their jobs. Uh, there will be people who will see, you know, Thanksgivings, you know, posted on Instagram or Facebook of, you know, families and they'll say, well, I really wish my family had a couple more kids, or I really wish my parents were around to see this. We, we, we have to acknowledge the fact that we're not all given the same gifts. And so that requires contentment. Um, uh, of course, in the gospels, the, the picture of this is the parable of the talents, right? That Jesus talks about in Matthew 25. Um, and so the, the question of, of contentment and, 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 and gifts is stewardship. How do we steward these gifts well? Um, and so that's, that's really part of it. Uh, but the other aspect of contentment uh, that I think doesn't necessarily always get uh, the same level of recognition. I don't know. I don't know necessarily why. And it would be interesting to know why it is. And maybe you guys have some thoughts about this. Um, but 
uh, I talk about later in the devotional what I'm calling eschatological vindication, uh, which is a really multi-syllable way of saying um, uh, we look forward to something. Uh, and uh, that's why we can be content, why we can be thankful in, our, in the present age, even amidst suffering, even amidst trials, even amongst unequal you know, receiving of gifts. Um, because uh, our God is many things, but frugal is not one of those things. Our God is not a frugal God. He lavishly um, pours out his love and his mercy and his blessing on us. Um, and in fact, the, the picture of the new kingdoms, the new, the new heavens and the new earth is overabundance. It, it's cups overflowing, as, as the psalmist says in Psalm 23. Uh, Revelation 19 is the picture of the great wedding feast. Um, it's exuberant. It's joyful. It, another thing way of saying is it's not an accident that, that the first foretaste we have of the inbreaking of the kingdom uh, in John 2 is Jesus turning water into wine. I mean, it, the, the, the idea of, of the church as, a, as an, a, anti, you know, a people that are anticipating something, what we're anticipating is a life in eternity of feasting and overflowing. Um, and that's why we can we can suffer in the current age. You know, a lot of the New Testament authors are writing to new Christians who are being persecuted. And one of the things that they're asking is, how do we encourage these people through this? How do we make sure that they don't um, uh, uh, apostate? How do we make sure that they don't, um, you know, uh, listen to false teachers or deceivers? Well, you know, the hope is that is that great uh, in the new, in the new heavens and the new earth. And so. I was kind of writing about that, you know, thinking about thankfulness, you know, if you divorce thankfulness from this idea, um, which this kind of moves into the question of how we celebrate it in America, um, you either have to be thankful to some sort of unknown, unpersonal thing out there, which isn't very compelling for a lot of people. Or there's this idea that's like, you need to be thankful or content for content, contentment's sake. Like, it's just a good thing to be content and thankful. But what's interesting is when I hear that, I'm like, that's just kind of like the gospel of Marie Kondo. Like, you know, it's, it's minimalism, but minimalism is like a weird, like distant or not even a distant, a, a closely related cousin of hedonism. It, it's just, it's just another way to be self-fulfilled, right? It's like when instead of finding self-fulfillment in material and, and material things and possessions, you find it in this sort of like, you know, uh, uh, thankfulness, this spirit or this vibe of thankfulness and contentment. And the, the message of the gospel, the message of the Bible is we're thankful and content because God, our personal God has given us these things. And those are, those are things to be thankful for. And we need to be content in those gifts. And also we're hopeful for Christ's second coming when he ushers in the kingdom. And we will have an eternity of blessing and overflowing and feasting in some ways God will actually kind of make the whole category of contentment obsolete. Like it won't, we won't need it anymore because we'll just be feasting and overflowing constantly. Yeah. One of the uh, Psalm I was thinking about a couple of weeks ago that I just turned back to is Psalm 65. And I love Psalm 65. Uh, well, verses nine through 11, but really verse 11, I love is you crown the year with your bounty your wagon tracks overflow with abundance. And uh, there's imagery here of lush green hills and fields 
and um, wagons so heavy that their wheels dig into the dirt and the mud as they pull the produce forward. It's, it's like Gandalf has come to town and with him has come just this, just this, the hordes of goodness with him. Um, and yeah, we, we've been thinking about Thanksgiving here and what that means. And, and with that also though, is this Thanksgiving is situated within a unique cultural context in America. And Robert, I know you went to uh, an event. Um, we're going to switch and get a little more historic, a little more intellectual here in our conversation, but um, maybe I'm not the right person to, to go to, but we'll see what we can do. Okay. Well, <laughs> well there's only one way to find out folks. We're going to have to really experiment here. Robert, what, you went, you went to this um, event that was, that was sponsored by heritage and the heritage foundation and another group. Um, yeah, about the I, it was compound. at the Museum of the Bible. Um, it was ho- it was co-hosted with uh, Heritage Foundation uh, and the Religious Freedom Institute, um, and it was about 1620 and the Mayflower Compact, um, which is an interesting topic in and of itself. And so I thought it was you know worth going to, especially as we prepare for Thanksgiving and, and thinking about these things. Um, the the event was great. It was a wonderful event. Um, I was really struck by the comments of. Uh, uh, Dr. Allen, who was there, uh, you can go on to the Museum of Bible and you can watch the event, listen to it, um, and, and see all the details. Um, but Dr. Allen was basically posed this question uh, to the audience, which was, how did, how did America become a nation that could abolish slavery? Um, and, you know, sort of the knee-jerk reaction, I think, reasonably so for most people is to say, oh, well, you go back to 1776 and you look at the Declaration of Independence and you see all men created equal and like blah, 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 blah. And this being an event about 1620 and the Mayflower Compact, what, what Dr. Allen and many of the other people were doing were um, trying to drive us back further and saying, actually, the, the seeds of this nation are in the Mayflower Compact. And so how did, how did America become a country that could abolish slavery? Well, you actually have to go back and see what were the pilgrims like? What did they believe? What did they write down? What do we know about them? Um, and he told a really very interesting story of, of a particular pilgrim uh, of a particular uh, 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 settler uh, at Plymouth and his story and his um, what we know about him and, and what kind of person he was and, and sort of laid that groundwork for us to see that um, uh, the things that uh, we are really thankful for uh, in our country, things like uh, that all men are, that we do believe all men are created equal, that we do believe in religious freedom and, and liberty. Um, those things predate 1776. They're there uh, in the uh, civil polity of the pilgrims. And I think um, that was just a really interesting event that we and, and, and thing that we don't really talk about um, as much. And I think it goes back to what you guys have been saying about, you know, Thanksgiving is this really weird holiday in that it's a religious holiday, but not of the church. It's a, it's a religious holiday that's, that's, originates in the government and so we have to and the and the polity so we have to kind of figure out like how that works yeah adam uh curious if you have any historical observations i know you're a history major in college you are resident uh history major here on staff more if you had any thoughts on um just american history and the unfolding of thanksgiving as you've understood it and 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 interacted with it but lastly, what I do want to get to for sure is something you'd mentioned earlier that that triggered thought was that Thanksgiving might actually be an evangelistic opportunity for us. 
that because of the nature of Thanksgiving, it might actually be an opportunity to, you mentioned ultimate meaning. And so there's a way to really like evangelistic, apologetic, pastoring people. Yeah. Yeah. I think like most people, my, most of my knowledge about Thanksgiving comes from Linus and the, and the peanuts, you know, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, yeah, I, my, major was not focused on early American history. So unfortunately I didn't take a deep dive in college or anything like that. Uh, but I think we obviously have to acknowledge the, the Puritan influence of the early settlers. Um, and there's some argument there to, to say um, that those who, who founded America were uh, deeply religious. Uh, most of them were uh, especially there in Plymouth. And so that there is kind of that um, religious undertone um, present there. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of an evangelistic bent to, towards Thanksgiving, uh, you know, it's interesting to think that Thanksgiving now is it's, it's surrounded by, uh, you know, Black Fridays the next day. Uh, you have I guess, Cyber Monday, you have all this consumerism around it. A lot of people are also looking towards uh, Christmas or decorating for Christmas or buying Christmas gifts. And so um, just the juxtaposition between this day that's set aside to be uh, reflecting on what should we be thankful for uh, or how can we be thankful and then immediately turning towards um, consumerism I think often, as I've talked to people, they, they sense an emptiness between the two. Like, hey, we just spent all this time with family, you know, thinking about what we're grateful for. And then we immediately go towards uh, we don't have enough stuff. <laughs> and I think as I've talked to people, that's been interesting to hear them process um, just how crazy that is. It's like literally, you know, a lot of these Black Friday sales start on Thanksgiving. And so you leave your your family meal where you're sitting around the table and then you go towards, go to Walmart or something and stand in line. <laughs> and, um, and, and so it, it sort of feels like uh, we are saying something as a culture when that's how we practice even this day. And, and I think, um, I think a lot of younger people like that rubs them the wrong way in some way. Like, are we just being consumeristic or are these, traditions that we follow, uh, what do they really mean, uh, especially around shopping and things like that. So yeah, I think there's a definite invitation to, um, uh, to share the gospel around Thanksgiving. Um, there's opportunity to talk to people about even just asking, uh, you know, what are you thankful for? There have been some people um, in the last week or two that I've asked that question and they say, you know, I've not really thought about it or what are you thankful for about your spouse, even just family in your life? Uh, there are some people who that's not a common practice for them as they gather together to celebrate Thanksgiving. Um, so um, asking those questions, you know, I think Thanksgiving gives us a chance to ask good questions that lead people towards uh, thinking about kind of the meaning of life and, and those things. Right. I mean, I, I, uh, I think it's good to be reminded of that. And I appreciate you saying, it, cause it, it makes me think of w where can I find 
an opportunity to do that work and I be on the lookout. God plants these Easter eggs, not to confuse holidays here, but plants Easter eggs all around our lives to allow us to have the joy of sharing the good news. And you had mentioned earlier, um, you'd mentioned earlier that the Puritan uh, influence of Thanksgiving. And I, I think one thing um, I read this book several years ago called the first Thanksgiving by a historian named Robert Tracy McKenzie. And it looks out, looks at like um, more of the historic origins of Thanksgiving and separates myth from fact in the way that Thanksgiving and the pilgrims have really taken on a national shape. Uh, he points to the way certain presidents have used the pilgrims to represent the um, whatever need is there in contemporary society. So uh, one, this is a president, one famous political commentator uh, talked about the pilgrims fleeing socialism uh, in England. And that's what brought them to America. You have uh, other you have presidents who use pilgrims to be this very, autonomous individualistic self that represents the American ideal uh, who wanted to decide what was good for themselves. And um, one of the interesting things that this historian points out is we can make a mistake and, and this is humbling, but we can make a mistake and think the pilgrims are more like us than they actually are because they're in the distant past. They, we speak the same language so we can think that maybe we share more in common with them. But one example is the pilgrims, um, you know, they were, they they were interested in religious liberty, yes, but it, it was a it was a liberty that was not about deciding what is right, but the opportunity to do what was right. That that reality of the right and good, uh, the common good, was already decided for them by Scripture, and they were looking for a place to live that out, not to decide that for themselves. And we can take the pilgrims and make them a little because they're they're kind of misty in the mist and fog of history so we kind of reshape them a little bit uh, they'll never be cool enough though to be like these these figureheads of uh the zeitgeist but um there is a way that we can move them around but they, they are um it was a deeply religious and familial uh pursuit that they were on and familiar by they, they wanted a good place where they could raise their families the way that they, they thought that they should be raised. That was one of the reasons they left Holland after they went to England. But we have, we have, we have built up kind of an, um, an image of, of these pilgrims to fit our needs when the truth is that they were deeply concerned with the things of God and um, what he would have for them. Yeah. I think that's very interesting. Um, the pilgrims are sometimes made out, especially recently to be, uh, more like um, pioneers in a way that maybe is not necessarily the best metaphor for them or the best image of them. Um, the idea of ordered liberty, that, that, that they wanted to live out the good um, and that they were, they were reliant on, on the blessings of God to make that happen. Uh, you know, uh, having a Thanksgiving after a harvest is an acknowledgement that you know, we can, you know, we can do what's right, but God is what makes the, the vegetables and the fruit grow. Um, we can't do that on our own. Um, and uh, interestingly, I was doing some research about the different histories of, of course, of the different iterations of Thanksgiving and how it's become sort of the national holiday that it is. And really three figures, you know, stick out. It's Washington, Lincoln, and then FDR. Um, you know, Washington declares, Thanksgiving 
uh, at the end of November after the, con- the very first Congress recesses. Um, and so there's this idea that, you know, w- we are doing what we believe is, is right and good. Um, but, you know, this nation is only um, uh, sustained as long as the Lord wills it. Uh, and I think that's a that's a very interesting idea of providence as, re- as it relates to nation states that you don't really hear that same nuance anymore. Um, the way you kind of hear it now is either one thing that that you know you hear this idea that the nation is sort of particularly wicked and uh, deserves the the full wrath of God, and then you have the the flip side that sort of God is obligated to keep America prosperous because we're somehow we're owed some special favor in His sight. And really, what the what in Washington's first Thanksgiving address is far more this idea that uh, we are living as we believe we have been called to live. And, but we also recognize that all of this, 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 this sort of quote unquote miracle of self-government is only sustained uh, by the Lord as he wills it. Lincoln hits on the very, very similar themes. Uh, at, he issues it one uh, in, in 1863, right after Gettysburg. And if you read Lincoln's stuff during the Civil War, especially his, his second inaugural, he is very much wrestling with this idea of the sovereignty of God. Because I, I know in his second, his second inaugural, one of the themes he's hitting at is like, how is it that two sides, the South and the North, can both appeal to God and, and pray for him for deliverance? And, and one of the places that Lincoln kind of arrives at is, look, we believe that what we're doing is right and just. He kind of, he kind of pokes at the Confederacy a little bit, being like, isn't it ironic that they would pray to uh, God while also, you know, rest, you know wrestling the, the wages, the, fr- the fair wages from from men and enslaving them, which is obviously such a, such contradictory to uh, scripture and um, the good. Uh, but he, he says, if, if the Lord is, it gives us, vict- gives us victory, the North gives us victory, then so be it. Wonderful. Well, I guess it's second like August, it's already a victory, but you know, that's wonderful. We're great. We're thankful for that. But he was, he was completely just to let the nation dissolve as well. Um, that would have been his fair judgment on us. Um, and so there's this idea of sovereignty and then FDR institutes it as a national holiday uh, in 1939. That's how we have it now. Um, of course, FDR com- becomes uh, into the presidency after a great depression when, you know, a time of, you know, uh, sort of lavish feasting would have been obscene uh, in, in that time in the country. But it's also in 1939, it's, it's immediately, you know, Blitzkrieg happens, what, a month and a half beforehand. And so there's this, we're all in this sort of like precipice of, of world war, um, again. And so there's this idea that we're going to need to be thankful um, even now um, when it seems like things might be getting worse. And uh, those are very different ideas of, of the relationship between a, a people, uh, its government, its society, and its relationship to, look, to God and how we are to be, how we are to relate to him um, that you just don't, you just don't hear very much anymore. Robert, hearing what you said there, there are three points here that this story points out that, you know, part of the purpose of history is, um, I love one of the things he says in his book is that there's a danger of going to history for ammunition and both sides do that. You can have one side going back and say, look, the, the pilgrims were 21st century evangelicals fighting the communists. And then another side says the evangelicals were horrible genocidal maniacs who killed half America. And it's like, okay, let's, let's pipe down a little bit. Let's not go to history as ammunition. 
Um, there's a real value in history, especially as Christians, if we believe that God is providential over history, to look what maybe we can learn, uh, to look at maybe what he is doing. And that great G.K. Chesterton quote is that <laughs> that that uh, uh, tyrannical minority of the living who think they have more to say than the total sum of all those who have lived before. But he, he points out three differences that um, the, the pilgrims venerated uh, obedience more than autonomy. So they, they valued way more the idea of obedience to uh, whether it is um, authority of government, whether it was uh, family, whether it was um, church um, virtues and, and, and right and wrong sense of justice, that would be valued more than uh, autonomous liberty. Um, the next is order more than individualism. And so, and especially think about it, if you're living in, if you're landing in Plymouth uh, and you're facing all that is coming at you, order is super important. The idea of like individualism, self-expression is a real luxury that we have. Um, and then the last is service more than self-expression. And so these are three virtues that I think we need to remember and maintain as we describe Thanksgiving and what it is and look how we can um, implement it in our own lives. But as we, as we have, we've, we've taken a pretty circuitous route here. We've gone from devos to a little bit of uh, uh, evangelistic opportunities to some history, but I want to just see if everyone has some final things they want to say to wrap up. Uh, kick it over to Adam first. If you have, this is, this is freewheeling time. The floor is yours for whatever you want. Okay. Yeah. I saw this uh, quote from Tim Keller that I thought was interesting. Uh, he says, it's one thing to be grateful. It's another to give thanks. Gratitude is what you feel. Thanksgiving is what you do. And I think that's helpful for us uh, as we, go into Thanksgiving, uh, just a lot of times we think of it in terms of how do we feel? We're, we're examining our life. Are we grateful for anything? But to remember that Thanksgiving, uh, sort of theologically speaking, is an act of worship. It's, it's moving our hearts in a posture of worship towards God, giving praise to God for who he is, for what he's done, and just to, to remember that. And I think that gets a little bit at some of the uh, so what you were saying a minute ago about uh, just the differences between, you know, maybe the first Thanksgiving and how we celebrate it now, because we are so focused on autonomy and self-expression and individualism. And really this, this act of Thanksgiving is, uh, is really an act of getting outside of ourselves and, and moving towards God, uh, talking to ourselves about uh, who God is, reminding ourselves of the gospel, um, and just in worship towards God. I think that's an important thing to remember. And I'd be curious to hear you guys thoughts on that some more, that, that difference between being grateful and then giving thanks. Yeah. I'd wrap up with, with adding to that and just saying that, gosh, I feel so convicted in that as Keller tends to do, he tends to convict pretty well. Uh, I, I, I have spent many Thanksgivings um, not giving thanks, but really just having a feeling of gratitude. Um, mm -hmm. And those are different. Those are two completely different things. Um, I wrote about contentment because I feel very <laughs> uh, not content right now. 
Um, and I think that's a, that's a general spirit in, you know, probably in our generation at large, but particularly in Washington, DC, it, it's a place where we're always, you know, looking to the, what the next thing is, what's the, what's the next job I can get that will wield me even more power or influence. Um, and I don't even mean that cynically. I, I mean that nobly. There's a lot of people who have been blessed with incredible gifts and talents in this city and they want to steward them well. Um, they just, you know, there's always this idea that, and I, and I share it, like I could do it better if I was in a different job. Um, and uh, I think that to slow down for a day, to not just feel, gra- feel you know, gratitude, but actually to give thanks um, both privately in prayer, uh, but also corporately uh, amongst others and, you know, telling people why they're thankful or why you're thankful um, and cultivating a spirit of Thanksgiving, you know, not just on, you know, the, the fourth Thursday of every year, but on uh, uh, every day, being thankful every day, um, I think would really change a lot of the ways we live, a lot of the ways we do things. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that's great. I think, you know, maybe it was intentional, maybe it's in God's providence, but, um, you know, Thanksgiving where we're thankful for the many gifts that the Lord has given, given us is the last holiday before Christmas. And of course, Christmas, we celebrate the greatest gift that was ever given, um, to us. And so, um, I think you can carry that, that spirit of, of Thanksgiving, that, that attitude of actually giving thanks, you know, not, you know, starting in, in, you know, thanks on Thanksgiving day and then moving throughout the entire Christmas season, um, being thankful to God for, for what he's done for us. It's good. Yeah, that's really good. I, um, there's something about humans and there's a reason I think that giving thanks is not a uniquely Christian or Jewish thing. Every human culture everywhere has given thanks. And why is that? There's a recognition across space and time that we are reliant upon someone to give us good things. We hold out our hands and receive bounty, especially around harvest time, all that is given. And that doesn't mean that all of those iterations of it are true or right or have, have captured it. But we do know like, at, like Robert, you were just saying that um, Paul begins his letters. I give thanks to my God and father um, that Jesus Christ is our first fruits of a harvest. And we have seen most fully the reason we have to give thanks that it has truly been revealed to us by God through the son and the power of the spirit um, all the good things that he has for us. And this Thanksgiving, as we gather with friends or family, there is so much, um, there's a, there's a depth here, Adam, like you were talking about, there's an opportunity to get to real meaning as we're sitting around with Turkey, what actually is being remembered and given thanks for. It's much more than that. It is, um, it is real that we live in a divinely suffused world that, God is providentially at work and and bringing things together for our good and love. And these delicious foods are just a little bit of a taste of the absolute goodness we're waiting on one day. And um, so for us, we here, we hope that those of you who are listening have a wonderful Thanksgiving day with your family. And uh, Adam, thanks for being on with us. And uh, guys, we'll, we look forward to being back with you next week.